up and welcome back to the Golfing Public Podcast. A little new series we're going to do um, on today's episode with the PGA Championship at Southern Hills looming on the horizon. By the time this pops up, it will be another major championship week. And I thought, why not dive into the history of Southern Hills and the history of the PGA Championship in general? So to set the stage for Southern Hills, the 2022 PGA Championship, decided to dive into the history of this event. And we've been going on since 1916 was the first PGA Championship. And the format wasn't always as it is today, as you can imagine. Match play started in 1916 and went until 1957. Stroke play started in 1958, and it continues until now. And you might be wondering, I've often thought, we need to switch up these majors. I always enjoy switching up the tournament play, having match play events. The Ryder Cup is one of the most exciting events there is in golf. But as we've noticed, or as you may have noticed in events like the WGC match play in Austin, Texas. It's a fantastic event until Sunday when you have Sunday afternoon when you have two matches going on. This year we had Scotty Scheffler and Kevin Kisner battling it out where Scotty Scheffler ended up winning. And then you had Dustin Johnson versus Corey Connors in the third place matchup. And within 10-15 minutes of watching that event, you realize it is not fit for TV. I don't have the answers on how you could turn match play into such a... Something that would work for TVs and commercial and constant entertainment the way we are accustomed to in today's modern age. Essentially, the format that started in 1916, you had a stroke play qualifier, and the finals of the PGA Championship did not end until... Tuesday afternoon. So it wasn't uncommon for finalists to play over 200 holes in seven days. And as I mentioned previously, in 1957, the tournament lost money and due to pressures of network television, switched to stroke play. They wanted more people playing on a Sunday that they could broadcast and people would actually tune in and watch. The other interesting fact is formerly the wasn't that long ago, but I almost forgot that the PGA Championship was played in August, serving as the fourth and final major until 2019. It moved to May. So when we go back to the original PGA Championship in 1916, that was played at Suwanee Country Club in Bronxville, New York. Your winner was Jim Barnes, who received $500. If you do the math, that's about $14,000 in today's time. And he not only received the $500, but a diamond-studded gold medal plate donated by Rodman Wanamaker. Now, we'll get to Wanamaker, but just to put the $500 into perspective, which would equate to $14,000 in today's time, Phil Mickelson in the 2021 PGA Championship took home $2.1 million. I've always wondered why it's called the Wanamaker Trophy. And it is a beast of a trophy. It's 2.5 feet tall, weighs 27 pounds. 
And that was thanks to our good friend Rodman Wanamaker, who donated his diamond-studded gold medal to Jim Barnes in 1916, which the Wanamaker Trophy was then modeled after going forward. Um, Rodham Wanamaker was the heir to the Wanamaker Department Store Empire. Um, the Wanamaker Department Store was the first department store in the country and eventually bought by J.C. Penney in 1995. So I never heard of the Wanamaker Department Store, but back in the day it was a big deal. And Rodham Wanamaker was essential in proposing the Professional Golfers Association of America, which is where we are at today. Interesting little story about the Wanamaker Trophy. It's gone through quite a lot of turmoil, not unlike a lot of professional championship trophies. We all know of Colin Morikawa dropping the lid, surprised by the weight of the big old Wanamaker Trophy. But a good little story here. Walter Hagen, a five-time winner of the PGA Championship, lost it in 1926. He won the trophy in 1925, showed up next year, 1926, without the trophy. And when asked where the trophy was, he said he did not intend to bring it because he did not intend to lose that trophy. It worked out for him in 1927, where he won. But shortly after, in 1928, he returned to lose and the jig was up. It turned out he was off to celebrate after his championship, and he had given his taxicab driver $5 to take the Wanamaker Trophy back to his hotel. For about three years, the original Wanamaker Trophy was missing. Walter Hagen had no idea where it was. Never saw the cab driver again, obviously. And then three years later, the original Wanamaker Trophy was found in the cellar of L.A. Young Company in Detroit, which is Oddly enough, the manufacturer of Walter Hagen's clubs. No one knew how it got there. No one knows the story in between the cab ride and where the Wanamaker Trophy got back to this manufacturer. But shortly after that, they retired the original Wanamaker Trophy in the PGA Museum, which is now located in Florida. Um, and they have a new trophy. I believe there's two trophies now ceremonial one and then one the players can take around with them um, until they return the next year for the tournament. Not uncommon for these championship trophies to endure a little bit of stress and for example the U.S. Open trophy has been lost twice in clubhouse fires over the years. So these trophies definitely take a beating. People win golf tournaments. They're celebrating. They're drinking. Things can go wrong. So some background information there on the PGA Championship and the Wanamaker Trophy, which will be awarded at the end of what is now the 104th PGA Championship at Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now this should be a familiar course for many who have followed along in the years. It has hosted the most PGA Championships of any golf course in the country, and four until this year will be five. It's hosted the 1970, the 1982, 1994, and 2007 PGA Championships. It's also hosted three U.S. Opens. So let's dive into the history of Southern Hills. And the history, the beginning of Southern Hills really coincides. You can't tell the story without the start of the Great Depression, 
which if you followed along in history class, started in 1929 and ended in 1939. So to put that into perspective, Southern Hills was open for business in 1934, which is interesting at the same time we're in the middle of a Great Depression. This is also recognized as the golden age of golf course architecture. 1933, one year prior to Southern Hills opening up for business, Augusta National opened up. While the rest of the country was struggling and golf course construction in general was depleted, you still had big money out there building some of the golf courses that have stood the test of time and become some of our favorite courses today. So in 1933 was where we first saw the United States start to recover from the Great Depression. It would last until 1939, but first signs of recovery. So how did this major championship course, the number 32 golf course in the country today as voted on by Golf Digest, get built during the Great Depression? The easy answer is oil money. There's a little bit more of a story to that. Um, Tulsa, Oklahoma had many country clubs around, but not one that encompassed all the facilities of a premier country club. Many members of the Tulsa community ended up having to be members of two country clubs, one for a pool, maybe one for golf, whatever rich people did back in the early 1930s, 1920s. Um, so you had two businessmen, Bill Warren and Cecil Connery, approach an oil man, Wait Phillips, with the idea of building a premier country club. And Wade Phillips was very skeptical. Why would we build a country club in the middle of a Great Depression? And he gave them an ultimatum. He had 700 acres of South Tulsa land comprised of rolling hills and farm country, which he had always envisioned had the potential to be a golf course. But was this the time to attempt to build such an establishment Probably not, but here we are many years later and it worked out. So his ultimatum to these two businessmen were he needed 150 people to put down $1,000 and he would donate his land and begin the building of Southern Hills. He gave them two weeks to many surprise. Banquets were held, phone calls were made, and that $150,000 was rounded up. So they had the land, they had the money. During the Great Depression, now they needed a course architect. Who would be the guy to build this championship-style course during a Great Depression? Who was familiar with the land? And that brings in Perry Maxwell, who is now described as the father of Oklahoma golf. Immediately after looking at the property, Perry Maxwell knew where the clubhouse would go, where the ninth hole would go, and where the 18th green would be placed. After that, he just had to fill it in. Now, Perry Maxwell, the father of Oklahoma golf, not only did magical work in Oklahoma, but four years after the opening of Augusta, he is also known for his redesign of number 10, which is now today regarded as one of the hardest holes in the game of golf. So the guy was no slouch. Allegedly, he lived in a tent through two years while the course was being built, slept on the property, and you can imagine in the Tulsa heat, those were probably some sticky nights. And how do you get a golf course built in the Great Depression? Well, you have a lot of people looking for jobs and money. 
So a lot of manpower, picks, shovels, mules, molded the masterpiece that we look at now today when you watch the 2022 PGA Championship. It's come a long way, but originally that was all manpower and mules that pushed that dirt around. And it took two years and then the first members teed off in 1936. And really the rest is history. So after the 1946 U.S. Women's Amateur, the next, the first major championship for men was played in 1958, and that was the U.S. Open, regarded as the biggest event in Tulsa history. Tommy Thunderbolt, an Oklahoma-born man, dominated start to finish and won the U.S. Open. In that same tournament, you had 18-year-old Jack Nicholas finish T41 and 28-year-old Arnold Palmer, who finished T23rd. 1970 is going to be your first PGA championship. You had Dave Stockton hold off Arnold Palmer by two shots to win in 1970. 1977 was the U.S. Open where Hubert Green won. 1982, you had Raymond Floyd win the PGA championship. Um, 1994 PGA championship, you had Nick Price win wire to wire. In the 2001 U.S. Open, Retief Goosen missed a putt on the 72nd hole to force an 18-hole playoff where he would later be defeated by Mark Brooks. Of course, in the PGA Championship of 2007, you had Tiger Woods winning his 13th major by two shots over Austin Woody. Which brings us to May of 2019, when the course was restored by Gil Hance to essentially make the course more comparable to Perry Maxwell's original design. He took out trees, added some bunkers, um, made the fairways the original width. So in a way, we'll get to see what the course looked like back in 1936. The money's different. The players are different. The equipment. So many things are going to be different than the original opening of Southern Hills in 1936. However, I think it's cool to look back and see what has progressed over the years. What made this course so special? Why has the PGA Championship come to it now for its fifth time and this week we'll get to see an incredible major championship course and maybe one day people will look back at the 2022 PGA Championship and do a podcast or whatever they're doing at that point in time about this year so it should be an exciting week there's some good stories a little brief history you can share with your buddies while you're drinking beers watching the tournament this weekend But thanks for tuning in. We appreciate uh, the listen, and we will catch you on the next episode.